Welcome to NetLife with me, Dawn Staley. Um, I'd just like to share a little bit about where we are. We are in the midst of March Madness. Um, that madness will be comprised of a lot of um, great basketball um, that will, will make somebody proud, glad, or crying sad. And I'm just hoping that we are the former versus the latter. But I'm looking forward to some, some great basketball by uh, the 68 teams that will be named on Selection Sunday. A lot of smiling faces, a lot of uh, happy coaches, and a lot of earned bids to represent their programs and their universities in the biggest and the best, the NCAA tournament. Just want to congratulate all the teams, all the coaches, all the conferences. Uh, may luck be on your side throughout the tournament. Well, our SEC tournament did not, the outcome was not what we anticipated um, going down to Nashville and competing. Um, we, we fell short of our goal. Um, I, I would give us probably, probably a, a, a low B, B minus with our performance. Uh, our, our two fourth quarters were not um, the way we've have ever planned or played. Uh, but anything can happen in March. We ran into a, a super hot uh, Kentucky women's basketball team that just hung in there with us. And then they stole the game and the championship in the end. Uh, but I'm super happy for Kyra Elsey and, and her team because probably five weeks ago, um, everyone thought they were just uh, an easy win. Um, and then they got hot, they got healthy, they got hot, and now they find themselves um, on an incredible winning streak. And I'm, I'm super happy. Like I, you know, I don't, I don't like it. it. I don't like the fact that it's at our expense, but I'm happy for just women's basketball. I'm happy for everyone else's happiness and the growth and, and a different storyline, a different narrative. And we just, from a, South Carolina women's basketball perspective, we got to get back on the horse and we got to ride it because there's a lot of basketball left to be played. Our message is, um, honestly, we just have to be more disciplined and we have to make better decisions. We got to watch it. Um, you know, a lot of times uh, for me, if we, if we lose, like we lost to Stanford in the semifinals at the final four last year, I, I haven't watched the game. I mean, I, I haven't watched it. I mean, it's it's really too painful. Um, but I do watch games after we lose. This one I'm I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna watch this one. I'm gonna watch our entire tournament to see, you know, why we're trending in the fourth quarter in the way that we are. Um, and we're gonna fix it. <laughs> we're gonna fix it and, and hope that um this loss is a lesson that <laughs> that that we hope propelled us to hoisting the national championship trophy in the next, you know, three to three to four weeks. Young people nowadays, you know, their leadership style is a lot different than when I was a leader um, in that they don't really like to talk about like bad stuff. They're, they're, they're super encouraging and they, they're, they're, they're encouraged from a positive standpoint. Um, and that's their style.
which which is pretty cool um, because there there's so many people that that probably tear them down that you need somebody in your life that's gonna keep you lifted. Um, and then it's it's a great balance between what what we're gonna say as coaches um, because we're gonna give them the the flip side of it. So it's the best of both worlds. Um, and although we'll we'll probably um, talk about the the truth, which is um, we we play we we play exceptionally um, uncharacteristically uh, bad in the fourth quarters. I mean, the first three quarters we were we were a pretty good basketball team. In the fourth quarter, we have to figure out. Um, what is the, you know, what's happening to us? It could be a psychological thing. It could be a physical thing. It could be a, you know, a focus thing, but we will get to the bottom of it. And we, we know we'll have our leaders to pick, to pick them back up in a positive way. I'm going to give you our week. We're going to take a few days off and then um, um, Friday, uh, right before the um, selection Sunday, We'll, we'll get back in the gym or we'll practice the entire weekend and um, we'll get together on selection Sunday and, and, and see where we're, you know, where we are. I think we'll be, our seed will should stay the same. We've had an incredible season. We play the, the very best talent in the, in the country and, and we won. So we afforded ourselves an opportunity to, you know, there won't be any guessing. I, I do think we still will be the, the number one overall seed for, for the resume that we put together, and we go, we're going to celebrate. You know, I know, I know it, it is pretty easy to sulk because we didn't get one of the goals, but the ultimate goal is still very much in front of us. And I, I will surely sacrifice an SEC tournament championship for a NCAA championship. So we're hoping, uh, we're hoping that's the, the, you know, that's the hand that will be dealt, and we will, we will play it. You know, at, at this point, you know, there are going to be 68 teams announced and all 68 are just really happy to be in that number. Um, for us, it, it really doesn't matter. You're going to play some stiff competition, whether it's in the first game or the last game. Um, you just have to be able to play your best basketball. So we got to find a way to get into the groove of playing our best basketball and it won't matter who were faced for me. I mean, I, I've been, I've been in this game for such a long time. Um, the two things that I selfishly wanted <laughs> just selfishly, it's probably the one thing that I selfishly wanted was I wanted to be a, a Naismith hall of famer. That's the only thing that I selfishly wanted for myself. So when it comes to like coach of the year, in our league coach of the year in the country. I, I, I really don't care about anything like that. I want our players to, to get all the awards that, that they deserve. And, you know, it, it, it's all about them. I've done plenty of stuff over my career that I have yet to celebrate. Um, being coach of the year is not one of them that I look at it as something to celebrate, but I, I do when it does happen. I think about our our coaches, our support staff, everybody that plays a vital role in our success. 
it means that we're doing the right things. And if, if I have to accept it, I will accept it with the, you know, with the guides of, of sharing it with them. But, but this particular one, this particular coach of the year, SEC coach of the year, I am going to give it to one of our players who is so often overlooked. She means so much to our basketball team. Um, Bree Bill, who I think is an elite defender that, that nobody gives her the love that she deserves um, from a from a, a hardware standpoint. Like we give her the love. I think people on social media show her a lot of love for what she's able to do on the defensive side of the basketball. But I'm gonna give her something tangible. I'm gonna find a way to put her name on the coach of the year trophy. And I want her to have it, to hold it, to cherish it. And and possibly sit some other hardware next to it in the, in the coming years with, with her career here at South Carolina and, and on to the WNBA. Coach of the Year is, is a subject, subjective award. Um, it depends on how the coaches, how the coaches are feeling um, each and every year. Like I, I truly believe that if, if you go 16 and 0 in our league, it's a no-brainer. Um, we went 15 and one, and I, I don't know if it was a, a no-brainer, um, but for what our conference is, which is the best conference in the country, to go 15 and one is, is pretty special. Um, but I do see where other coaches, um, um, Kelly from, from Florida, I, I thought she did a, a tremendous job turning her program around. I think uh, Kim Mulkey did a, a extraordinary job turning her program around. And then um, Coach Yo at Mississippi, she's done a tremendous job at turning her program around. So it's subjective in how you want to view things. I think all the coaches that I just mentioned are, are deserving of the Coach of the Year award. But, but uh, and, I, and more than likely, some of them, stole votes from each other. And, and then maybe I stole some votes from some other people as well, but I mean, subjective. Everybody can get a chance to, uh, anybody, any of those top four coaches that I, that I mentioned should have been in consideration. Um, do I feel, do I see some of the hate out there on social media? Absolutely, absolutely. Does it bother me? Absolutely not. Uh, I mean, you know, other, you know, the haters, they really don't have skin in the game when it comes to, um, it comes to being in, 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 in the, in the hierarchy of, of our sport. You know, I, I know you have a fan base that's really, really, um, biased with the team that they are, the, they are siding with. So it, it, it's some of that. So it's some of just other fan bases uh, feeling like their coach should have been the one. And I, I get it. We got a we got a fan base that that dukes it out with the best of them, um, and and they they'll protect whatever it is, whether I was coach of the year or not. They're in full protect mode. So the things that I don't address are addressed by the people that I hold near and dear to me, and that's that's our fans. Last year, there were two black coaches in the in the finals of the SEC tournament uh, championship. We follow it up with 
two more black coaches representing in the SEC uh, tournament championship. Um, we can't lose. Like we we couldn't lose yesterday. So although we lost uh, the championship, we won in, in so many other areas. And I just want people to understand. And I truly, I truly, I truly feel like um, generally happy for for Kyra and her program. I'm I'm happy. I text her uh, to let her know that um, if it wasn't. If it wasn't me, I'm glad it was you. Um, and I'm sure she thought if it wasn't her, she would be happily glad it's it's me because there's not a whole lot of um, times that you see two black women in, I mean, you, I don't even know if it's ever happened across the country. That's not like HBCU or CIAA. I'm talking power five. I don't think it's ever happened and it happened twice in our league, um, a league in which has uh, more black coaches in it than any other power five conference in the country, I think is super cool because it's th the odds are always stacked against us and we are flipping those odds on their head and we're, we're showcasing our talent as, as black women um, in, in our sport and I'm, I'm super happy. I'm, I, I'm elated and I know people are probably going to take this the wrong way, but don't take it the wrong way. When it's historical, um, applaud it, be grateful for it. And also, um, and, and hope that it becomes a norm that we don't really have to talk about um, two black coaches. It's just a part of the fabric of, of college women's basketball. Before we welcome in my guest, we need to hear from one of our partners. As you've heard in previous episodes, we've been sharing about a podcast we love called Flame Bears. One of their recent episodes, they talked with the skeleton lioness herself, Valentina Margaglio, who was the first Italian to ever win a skeleton medal in the World Championships as she was heading into the Beijing Olympics. The competition in family is uh, also every day for everything, <laughs> so. And your dad is Italian and your mom is from the Ivory Coast, but you grew up in Italy. So culturally and racially, how do you think of yourself? How do you identify? I'm very happy because I I the perfect mix of the, the two cultures. So for my mother, I take determination. For my father, I take my physical uh, talent, if I can come, because he was uh, also a track and field uh, long jumper, so I'm very happy for this mix. Valentina, do you ever go to where your mom grew up on the Ivory Coast? Yes, I bring my mother in 2016 to make a surprise to my grandmother, which was a uh, 25 years old, uh, years that my mother's come in uh, Africa, so I bring her, and uh, I'm was super happy to meet my family from there. To hear more about Valentina's heritage, how she got into the sport of skeleton, and how she got a trademark name, the Lioness, listen to her episode on Flame Bearers. Welcome back and welcome to my guest, 
the special guest, my former teammate and Hall of Famer, three-time Olympic gold medalist, four-time WNBA champ, six-time WNBA All-Star, three-time WNBA MVP, NCAA champ while at Texas Tech. I could go on and on and on, but I'll stop there. Cheryl, and who I like to call Funk, Swoops, is up in the house this week. Funk, let's start with the national team. Your, your, your first tournament playing in a, on Team USA was the World Championships, where the team brought home mm, bronze in 1994. Then gold in the Goodwill Games, but it was the 1996 team in Atlanta where our team really made its mark. What was so special about our 1996 team? Listen, can I say something before I answer your question? You can say whatever you want. I did not like how you rolled your eyes when you said four-time WNBA champion. I didn't roll my eyes. <laughs> I mean, I did not. Don't, 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 don't act I, like that. Don't I act did like not. That. Now, now, listen. <laughs> listen, I'm over 40 now. So I got, your, your bio is so long that I actually have to read it. I don't, I can't just mic it. I got to read it. So my eye may have cut over to you, you. on the I podcast. But hell, y'all did the damn thing. <laughs> Four-time WNBA champs. Listen, we are over 40 now. So sometimes <laughs> I have to like really tune in so I can hear. But <laughs> I am so happy and excited to be here with you, Dawn. Um, we have so many great memories together. But when you talk about that, that 96 Olympic team, I have, whew, I have some good memories and some not so good ones. And, and the not so good ones was the whole training part. Cause you, you know, you, you know, me and, and that, that training was, it was, it was a little different, but I, I just thought the, the pieces that we had, you know, with you and Lisa and me being some of the younger ones, and then you throw in T and Katrina I mean, for people who don't know much about T and Tree, you missed out on some amazing talent. But what, what I really loved about that team was how every single player on that team contributed in whatever way they were supposed to. And it wasn't about egos. It wasn't about, I got to get mine. It was about us all understanding the bigger picture. The picture is always to bring home gold but also understanding that there was a possibility that we could have a WNBA women's professional league here in the States after that. I think that was something that we all thought about in the back of our minds. And, you know, we just went out to, to do what we had to do. And that was to, to bring home gold. How, how was it like just super special in that, you know, how when you get, when you get women together, we come from different backgrounds. Mm -hmm. We got, we got we got different uh, personalities. I thought, and I know we got mad at each other at times, but we could quickly turn the page because we were working towards just one goal. How how do you how do you how would you describe just like us giving each other our space when it was our time? Because we we were moody. We were oh, you sure. know we were you know we like to go out and have a good time. We like to cook and and do potluck dinners. How, how, 
was that experience just being able to just um, just ex- coexist. Listen, I've never been from as far back as I can remember, like I've never been the type to honestly just just kick it with a bunch of women. Like <laughs> that's just never been my personality. And to your point, women like there are times where we can't we're absolutely we're moody. And at times we can be we can be petty. We can be jealous of each other. Like there's just so much that could go wrong. Mm-hmm. But but I think the fact that that we were able to respect each other's individual talents, but also just respect each other as being a woman. Right. And understanding what you what your interest might be off the court might not necessarily be mine. So you go do you and I'm going to go do me. But I think what made that work was that we understood when it was time to go to work and step on the court. Nothing else mattered. What we did outside of that, we didn't bring any of that to the court. And and I know for me personally, you know, there, there was there was a lot of like just personal stuff I was going through during that time. And I I knew that if, if I needed to talk to somebody about it, right. Like I had enough sisters on that team that I could, but at the same time, y'all also gave me my space to be able to deal with it the way I wanted to deal with it. Yeah, we, we did. I mean, something that people don't know about you, um, during that time was Cheryl, you remember you used to eat Snickers and, and Oh yeah. And was it Coke or Pepsi? Dr. Pepper. Oh that, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was that was a breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Like she could pull out a candy bar, eat it, and go out and bur- like give us forty with ten steals and ten rebounds in practice. So that I thought that was super cool. Like I never met anybody that was was <laughs> like a candy head more than I was. I know people are sneaker heads. We were candy heads. Everywhere we go, we could I could go to you and get candy. Everybody would go. You were like the candy lady, know, right? Because <laughs> you know, you know, like I, so growing up, where on your block there was always the little old black lady that sold candy or My mom. Pop, popsicles. I had an aunt that did it. <laughs> So I was that lady on our 9016. Everybody was like, well, you know, you know who got it. But y'all would y'all would make me mad at times though. Like, I know you got some. Let me have it. I should have I should have charged y'all. That's what I should have done. You should have. You could have made a, I didn't think about made a killing. But you know, it's crazy because I, I was never the type of player that like I know today and today it's totally different, right? People got their personal trainers and there's so many vegans in the world. And like, it's just so different. Like I was never that player that was like, Oh my gosh, I gotta, I gotta watch what I eat. I was like, if I wanted it, I was just going to eat it. I didn't care what it was, how many calories it had in it, how much grease it had in it. Give it to me. It tastes good. I want it. <laughs> And we uh, we did it because we worked we worked it off. Oh no doubt we, we worked Ooh, it off. No doubt. But Cheryl, when did you realize uh, the the big impact that our team was gonna make in that particular year, nineteen ninety six? Like when did you realize it was gonna be something super special that came out of uh, 
the success of our 1996 team? Well, I, I knew our team was special when we were together for that entire year in Colorado Springs. I don't care who you are, what level you're playing at. To go 60 and 0 is, I mean, that's incredible. You know, because anything could happen. Injuries, just, you know, and as you said earlier, us being women and, you know, just getting tired of each other. It's it's amazing to think about what we did in that 95, 96 year. But as far as when I knew the impact that that 96 team had on the game or was going to have on the game, Don, I honestly don't think... I really grasped it or understood it until the WNBA started, right? So we played in 96, WNBA starts up in 97. It wasn't until the WNBA started and people started talking about, you know, the talent in the league. But every time you you talk about, even to this day, every time you talk about the WNBA and the success of the WNBA, people always refer back to the 96 team and just how I think it was more than about us winning. I think it was about the way we did it, like how dominant we were. And we played against some, some great players individually, some tough competition, but the way we were able to be together for that year and compete at such a high level night in and night out. And it didn't matter who we were playing. I think when people look at the WNBA today, they talk about the dominance of that 96 team and give our 96 team a lot of credit for where the WNBA is today. Okay. Um, A a topic I do have to just kind of mention because uh, one of our former teammates, um, when I had my first guest on, Lisa Leslie, um, Lisa and I brought up uh, the the whole damn Tina missing layups <laughs> um, episode. And I, I just want to personally apologize on this podcast to Tina if I offended her in any way because it, it wasn't meant to offend anybody. It was just kind of um, reminiscing. And that was one of the things that that we often laughed about because, you know, one, you were in it because it was your voice. You got a, you got a high-pitched voice, and we were doing that layup drill. And I know you say you don't remember it, um, but I don't know why we remember it so, so vividly, but you probably got a lot more memories and, you know, banked in your head. What, what, what was your thought on, on, on what you remember from that, if you, if you remembered anything from it? From the layup drill? From the layup drill, Nell was the coach. I don't. I'm you telling don't remember you, like, anything. I, I okay. really don't. I I just I I don't. But I will say this: it doesn't like it doesn't surprise me if I said that because that sounds like me, right? <laughs> I'm just saying I don't like I don't remember that layup drill. But also, it was a whole lot of stuff I tried to not remember about. <laughs> about practices now so you're saying that was Nell was the coach that was Nell Nell was the coach that was 2000 me you Tina what are you what is your biggest memory from uh the uh, the the year that our our team played together any of them 96 
2004. My... Like most of my memories, and it's so maybe it's because it was my first one, is from the '96 team, and and I think I think my memories really stand out that year because of how it all happened. Right, the first year that we actually got paid a little money to uh-huh. to be together for an entire year, right? Training in Colorado Springs, Tara being the coach, and I remember. Me wanting to quit that team, I don't know how many times. Right, I was just like, listen, and I did. I was like, y'all, this woman is crazy. We all went through it. Well, right. So it went through the whole team. It was everybody had their day. No, Ruthie never quit. (laughs) Because you know, Ruthie was her fave. Ruthie was her. Ruthie was the queen. Ruthie was, you know, if a, if a, you know, you say you you don't have a a favorite child as a, as a parent. <laughs> well, well, damn it. No Ruthie was Tara's favorite. About it. No doubt about it. <laughs> and so I remember I, I probably wanted to quit every week, but here's my, here's my biggest memory and the funniest. And I know you'll remember this was, you know how Tara gave us our workouts, right? Where we had to come home. <laughs> you already laughing. You know what I'm about to talk about don't you? <laughs> So I remember going home because what did we have like a week off, maybe? Because we didn't have no, much time. We, off. No, no, we had the summer off. She gave uh-huh. us, she gave summer us like out. a yes. yeah, she gave us like a a, a, a three-month program. Cause yeah, we, we made the, the team in May, right? And then she gave us June, July, August, and then we got together either the, the beginning of September right, or the end of August. Right. But we had to mail our workouts in, right? Every Monday, every Monday. And, and she had to receive them by a certain time. Yes, or fax. Well, for whatever reason, there were times where I was just like, you know what, I, I don't want to do this workout today. Like, full disclosure, I don't think I've ever been this honest about this. this <laughs> Bring it. So, well, I was just like, you know what, I, I'm not, I'm not doing this. <laughs> She, I was like, she is working our asses <laughs> off when we get there, right? In my mind, I was much younger. So in my mind, I'll be good. I'm good. I'm going to just make something up and just stick it in the mail. Honestly, part of me was, and I should have known better because it was Tara. And, and Tara was so <laughs> intense and, whew, Jesus. But I should have known better. But I was like, she's not going to look at every single players workout, right? <laughs> to see if we actually did it, what we wrote down. So this particular week, I think I was like, you know what? Oh shoot, I haven't worked out. I haven't sent any in. Let me just, <laughs> let me just throw some stuff on there and send it in to her. What was it though? It was, it was a mile, right? Uh, it was, it was, was the it. mile that we had to yes. run. Yes. And we had to write our time down. <laughs> right. right. So I'm not a distance runner. So I was like, no, this woman has really lost her mind not doing it. So I made up a time, sent it in, time goes by. I remember we get back to Colorado Springs (laughs) and um, I think we were at the track. Hey, you said like, it was like 3.86. I think I remember. (laughs) But I'm going to tell you, and I don't know if y'all, I don't know if she said this in front of y'all. I think she did. So she like, she called me out. And now, mind you, I don't know. No, no, she didn't call you out. No, oh, no, she did. I thought she said somebody. 
Wait, somebody, she, she said, so with, with these times, somebody should be trying out for yeah, that's a, it. a different that's Olympic it. sport. That's it, that's it, that's it. But she did say to me, she was like, Cheryl, I think you're in the wrong sport. <laughs> and I remember saying to her, and this wasn't with you guys, I said to her, I was like, no. Like I'm, I'm in the right sport, basketball. Cause you know, Tara was good about telling you basically what she felt. If you uh-huh. weren't good enough, if you wasn't doing something, she was going to let you know. So I thought she was coming at me like, you're not good enough to be right. on this team. So I was like, oh no, I'm in the right sport. But Don, Don, what did she say about my time? I did, but I didn't even think about what I was writing down. She was like, some people on this team, some of the people on this team are training for the wrong sport. Something she said like that. I she mean, Tara, like, classic Tara. She did. But, but I'm hearing this in your conversation with her. Like, you were like, no, nah, I'm in the right sport. Like, the two of you didn't mind giving each other, you know, your own opinion about things, which I, which is so super cool. But, but I, Funk, I think... So many, so many young people thought like you thought. When you were like, I'm young, you know, I'm I'm thin, I can run fast, I can, no doubt. I can whatever is thrown at me, I can handle that. And um and you did though. Like, like I don't I don't feel like you were out of shape. I didn't feel like I think you held your own when it came to running up and down that court. Except that damn track. She got us with the track now. Dawn. You remember? You remember I, she timed like, us? Maybe, yeah, I was like, well, maybe you coaching the wrong sport. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. And we're in Colorado Springs. <laughs> and, and it was snowing. And she's yes. timing us. She's timing us. I listen, I remember, I swear to goodness, oh she was goodness. at the finish line. Like every time we rolled around, she was where at the start and finish line. Oh, yeah, so she was. I let I let the snot run down my nose, down my face. So when she saw me, I was, I, I should have, no, I shouldn't have. Yeah, you should have. I shouldn't, I shouldn't have flung it. But, but, but I think it was more, she was mentally prepared, testing us. Like it was a mental thing. Now I I I truly understand it now. I truly, but I would never do that to a team. Oh man. I wouldn't do that. I don't, I wouldn't, I would not test no. our team mentally like that because we wouldn't even have a team if 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 I did it that way. So, but so we, we got of, through though. Since you said that, like, <laughs> but well, players today, and, and I know you're coaching, and so we can talk about that later. I just think the mental toughness that players have today is nowhere compared to what we had to have back in the day when we played. Like a player, like a, a coach like Tara. If she coached today the way she coached our team back then, like she'd break everybody. Yeah, you gotta you gotta make adjustments as as, as coaches. Yeah. From a mental standpoint. And yeah. it is it's hard to test uh mental strength. It's hard to to put players through certain things um without breaking them. Hmm. You know, hmm. so I'm, yeah. I'm really conscious of it. I, and that's why I communicate a great deal with our team. Like I I, I probably <clears throat> I probably put our team through mental tests through talking to them, just making them <clears throat> confront 
um, their their weaknesses. Mm. And you just got to put it out there on the table because I don't know any other way. I wouldn't do it in a way that, you know, old school coaches have done with with us. I wouldn't do it that way because they we, we were built yeah. for it. Like we were built I for it. I agree with that. But Dawn, <clears throat> back then, like if I if I wouldn't have had y'all, like you, Lisa, everybody, like I know I would have quit. Like, cause Tara broke me so many times. And I remember just different players, right? You and Lisa and and even T, Ruthie. And I know every time Ruthie would come and say something to me, I was like, Ruthie, you have no <laughs> idea what we're going through. <laughs> you can do no wrong in Tara's eyes, right? <clears throat> but I remember like y'all just coming to me saying, no, you're not quitting. Right. Like that's what she wants you to do. She's trying to break you. You're tougher than that. We need like that sisterhood that we had as far as having each other's back and picking each other up and and also pushing each other. Right. If we came in and we weren't giving it our all on the particular day, we heard it. But because we respected everybody and what everybody had to bring, it was very rare that we had to tell somebody like you ain't getting it done today. Mm-hmm. And and that's that's what really to this day, <clears throat> like I have a special place in my heart for that squad because we held each other down and we had each other's back. And that was just a, a special team to me. Yep. Tar Tar sac- looking back on it, Tar sac- sacrificed herself. Like she she made us closer. By being the sacrificial lamb. Like, we didn't like her. (laughs) And she forced us to like each other because of what she was doing to all of us. So I I, I get it now. I just didn't get it before. And now that I'm coaching, I I totally get it. But let's talk a little bit about the comments, though. I know, you know, you guys won four WNBA championships in a row. What, What was your thought when you being the, you know, the first first pick of of it wasn't even the draft you were assigned there right yeah you yeah. were assigned so there when it first started they appointed the league appointed two players per team so based off of like your region or like for me grew up in texas from texas and at the time houston was the only texas team so i just got appointed to the comments and you know i don't think anybody knew how good our team was going to be that year. I I didn't. And then I got pregnant. So I missed that whole first year. So everybody was like, Oh, like the comments aren't going to be very good. And I'll be honest with you. I I had no idea who Cynthia Cooper was because she had been playing overseas. And so not anybody, not many people knew much about Coop. And then we drafted Tina and I didn't, like I knew Tina's name, but never really saw her play at USC. So I don't think any of us knew how good we would be. And then when I had to sit out that year, of course, people were like, well, the comments aren't going to be that good. But for me, the, the toughest part for me was after I set out that first season, having Jordan and coming back that next year, like in my mind, I was like, damn, am I is me coming back going to mess up the chemistry, right? Because we just won that championship and I came back and I don't know, played in like seven games, but I didn't really play 
because I was still overweight, just had my child. So in my mind, I was just saying like, how, how do I fit and where do I fit with this team? That's pretty damn good. Right. And then you throw in Jeanette Arcane, Kim Parrott, and then some of the role players we had, Tammy Jackson, Wanda Guyton. My concern was like, how, how are my teammates going to accept me coming back? Right. They're looking at me like we just won a championship last year without you. So that was a, that was a big mental block I had for a very long time while I was getting ready to, to come back and play in the next season. But you came back. How, how were you able to come back after having Jordan? Uh, girl, I, you know, and I think, you know, this, I don't swim. Huh? Like I'm one of the black people that don't do water. <laughs> I don't, I don't do water. Um, but I did a lot of pool workouts, um, not swimming, but just working out in the pool. Um, I dedicated my, I really dedicated my life and my comeback to just spending time in the gym, pool workouts. And what really made it easy for me was I had my mom there with me who said, listen, I got him, which took a lot of that stress off of me worrying about spending too much time away from my son. And especially since I had just had him, but my mom was there and was like, that was like her baby. She's like, girl, go do you. I got him. Right. Um, because she also wanted to see me be successful and, and come back and knowing how, how great the talent was around the league and, and then how good the comments were. I really focused on, just, just getting, not getting back to where I was, but even being better. So I spent time, I think you, you're familiar with Fondy here in Houston, Fondy Rec Center. Mm -mm. So Fondy is, I say, if anybody from Texas or anywhere, if you are a baller, that's where you go play. It's, I mean, former NBA players, current NBA players. I was in Fondy about seven hours out of the day just doing like one-on-one -on -one stuff, working out with the guys, playing half court, three on three, full court, three on three, full court, five on five, then doing pool workouts, lifting weights. I spent more time in the gym than I spent at home. And, and that was, I didn't have a personal trainer, which is different from today, mm -hmm. right? Because um, every child and their mama got a personal trainer. <clears throat> but I, I was so dedicated to wanting to come back and prove not to myself, but prove to my teammates that I deserve to be on that floor with them. Like I, I honestly went through like some mental stuff where I was worried and concerned about would they accept me and also coming back from pregnancy, like that's hard. So I went through a lot of mental anxiety of Am I good enough? Can I come back from pregnancy? Will my teammates accept me? Am I going to be a good mom and be able to play basketball? I dealt with all of those things. And, you know, that that's one thing I love about the league today and the players today. They have things that we didn't have. You know, I just, I never talked publicly about what I was dealing with and struggling through coming back from my pregnancy. But today, when I see all of the athletes and especially the moms in the WNBA who are, are just very open about what they're dealing with and what they're feeling, because it's real. 
And, and I think it's great that they now have a space where they can can discuss it. So, yeah. So your, your thoughts on that new CBA that allows women to to to, to have pregnancy leave and still get paid and still get health care. I think that's super cool. Cause that's something yeah. that like, how, like, like who paid, yeah. who paid for your pregnancy and your, there was it the, the WNBA at that time. Like do well, you remember? My, my insurance through the WNBA. <laughs> yeah. Okay, through the WNBA, so, my insurance. Okay. But, so, but, but I didn't get, but I didn't get paid to take that time off from the WNBA. Oh, you know what I mean? yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I do know what you mean. I didn't know that. But I will, but I will say my, my team came through for me. Okay. But it's very different from, from the new CBA that the players have today. And, and I, the reality of being a female athlete in any sport is someday if you decide that you want to have a child or just start a family because we are women, we need to be able to take that time off and still be compensated for the time that we're taking off. Like that takes a lot of stress off of you because becoming a new, a new mom, whether you become a new mom, naturally you adopt, like that's a change in your world. So to, to be able to, just focus on your pregnancy, have your child come back from that and knowing that you're still going to be able to get paid. That's a, that, that, that's a huge relief for a lot of these players. Mm -hmm. You know, the, you know, the, the new CBA, they have the players making more money, which is, you know, well overdue. Um, what, what, is that the biggest change that you think that's been made? in the WNBA? And if, if so, here's another question. Where, where do you think the WNBA can improve? Hmm. Um, I, I, I do think, I do think the biggest change right now is it, with the new CBA is, is, I mean, the, the money. Cause we, we all talk about wanting to make more money, needing to make more money. And, and I think the players deserve that. I think one of the biggest, what I'd like to see would be it. And everybody talks about it, just adding more teams. And if you're, and if you're not going to add more teams, possibly add more roster spots, right? Because there's yeah. so, there's so much talent coming out of college. Um, and a lot of that talent is on, South Carolina. <laughs> but I just feel like we're missing out on... Wait a minute, who, who in particular? Excuse me, who in particular? Several. You got several, but I, you know I'm going to throw my girl Leah Boston out there. Ahead, I, I, I know she ain't coming out yet. I know she ain't coming out no, yet. No, she's a young one, though. She came to college at 17. Man. So she got to graduate to get to the league. <laughs> Listen, but I talk about her like, I just... I love your spot. I just, I love your spot, but, um, and I'll talk to you about that, but I just, I feel like we, we as fans, because I am a fan, we're missing out on some great collegiate talent that's going to the WNBA and they're not able to make the team because there's not enough roster spots. 
and being a, a rookie, being younger, it, it is tough for you to come in and beat out 11 other players. But that doesn't mean you're not good enough to be on a team as a rookie, you know? So I would love to see the WNBA add a few more teams, add a few more roster spots. And I think they're doing a better job, but I would love to see more former WNBA players get involved with the W. That's good. That's good. Just just give us a little bit, too, of, of, of what you're doing now. You're commentating with the Athletes Unlimited and, and that league, and and you like it. You told me you, you, you like what that league is doing, and just give us a little yeah. uh, synopsis of what's going on in your world with that. So my um, so a couple of things. I'll say my, my, my real job, my nine to five, is uh, I'm actually working for Nike, too. Um, okay. As a, a product line manager, long story Send me short, some shoes. Is, Send me some shoes. I need. I, I, I need. The, I don't have that kind of pool. Damn. Okay. First of all, you got the sneakers. You got all the sneakers. I, I need want the rest of them. I want the rest of them. We can work some out. We can all work right. some out. Okay. But I actually help like design and create product that you see on Nike athletes, on Nike teams, like placement of the swoosh and graphics and stuff like that. So I, I actually love that. But for the past four weeks, I've been commentating with um, Cindy Brunson with Athletes Unlimited. And it's a five week league that's going on in Vegas. And it's just like I love everything about it. And I actually think there's stuff that Athletes Unlimited is doing with the basketball that the WNBA could look at and incorporate in the WNBA. But I love it because it's a player-ran league. Um, there's a the unique scoring system. <clears throat> Every week, there's a leaderboard. And the four players that are at the top of the leaderboard, they become captains for the following week. There's a draft every Sunday. So every Sunday there's a draft and every week it's new teams. There's currently 11 WNBA players playing in the league and two players actually have picked up training camp contracts um, with the Washington Mystics and uh, Las Vegas Aces. So WNBA general managers, coaches, they've been coming out to Vegas, checking out the competition. So it's it's the real deal. Um, it's a professional league. The players get paid. And it's it's exciting to be a part of. Cool. Super cool. Well, I, I've had uh, several coaches on the, on the pod as well. And you've spent a fair amount of time coaching. What do you think is the most important characteristic of a, of a successful coach? Um, wow. That's a great question. Um, I think the ability to connect with her players and you said it earlier, you have to be able to adjust and change how you coach certain types of players. I just, I think the game is very different today. So I think, and, and I'm not just saying this because it's you, I think the ability that you have to connect and relate to your players, I think that's one reason why you're able to get the best out of your players and they respect you. If players respect you and want to play for you, you they're going to compete for you. 
And, and I think that's where your relationship with your players, I think having the right staff, there's a lot of things I think are important, but having the right staff, play uh, coaches that you trust, you know they're going to have your back. I think there's a lot that goes into that. And, you know, I'll just say very briefly for me, as when I was a head coach for three years, there was a lot that I had to learn. But the thing that really frustrates me about that whole situation, Don, to be very honest with you, is we talk about we want to grow the game, right? We, we want to see more Black females have an opportunity to coach our game. But when my situation happened at Loyola, I had, I think you reached out to me, Coquise Washington reached out to me, and that was about it. Like I had nobody reach out to me just to say, hey, what can I do? How can I help? And I just, you know, for me, the situation that I had just re- just wasn't a good situation. I had no support, any of that. But I, I'm a, a true fan of the game. I love watching the game. Um, and I still feel like I have so much to offer the game. So for me to have an opportunity to be a part of Athletes Unlimited just keeps me involved with the game just in a different perspective. Yeah, so how important do you think it is for female basketball players to see women coaching and, and running and running teams? I think it's huge. You know, everybody always talks about representation matters, right? But if if you're not giving women that opportunity to coach and not just being assistant coaches, I'm talking about head coaches and running their program then what are you telling all these young girls who are coming up, all these young girls who want to play, what are you telling them about how important it is to have women in leadership and women in powerful position? And not just women, like I will say having black women, because I mean, the facts are the facts. If you look at, you look at our game across the board, the majority of players playing our game, they look like me, they look like you. But how many of them can look at leadership positions, whether that's SWA, athletic director, head coach, how many of them can look at where they're going to school and see somebody that looks like them? I'm I'm really asking that question because I don't know the statistics on that. I know Mm -hmm. what I see when I watch the game and I try to watch the game quite often. So I think, I think it's crucial that we put women in those positions. So we give young girls growing up somebody that, that they can look up to that, that looks like them. Cool. Like, like we had Muffet on the show and uh, she was just talking about how, um, how, the the peak of women who are coaching um, in our in our game should be coaching in the WNBA versus the NBA, and and I I just immediately thought of uh, Becky Hammond. How some people may be thinking her leaving the Spurs and going to the Aces as a, a step down when yeah. when I think it's. Uh, where she should be and not to say that she was the first and not to say that yeah. it's that we evolve, we evolve as, as women. And I think as women, um, our adversity is our advantage. And I think as black people, our adversity 
is our advantage. Like we have to go through so much to yes. be, to be, to be fit, you know, to, to coach or to be, to be successful at anything. And they don't, people really don't understand it. Once you've gotten there and you're successful, what's gotten us there is the fact that we had to deal with so much adversity throughout our journey that once we're there, we're good. Like you, you're not going to throw anything at us that we haven't seen and dealt with. So, um, your thoughts on just Becky, give me the opportunity, right? I'm saying, just give us the opportunity. Because mm -hmm. to your point, we have dealt with, as a woman, first of all, then as a black woman, we've dealt with so much in society that it has taught us how to deal with any and everything that's thrown our way. And to me, that's what makes us so unique when we are given that opportunity is because at that point, we've seen it all. We've done it all. We've been through it all. And, and I always say all we need is an opportunity. And when we're given that opportunity, we will then show you what we're capable of doing and how we're going to get it done. But your question was my thoughts on Becky coaching with the aces. <clears throat> I love it. I, I, I absolutely love it. I've said the same thing about Swin Cash, right? She's not coaching, but the position and the role that Swin has with the New York, the, with the Pelicans, I think it's, I think it's phenomenal. I think it's great. But I look at that and say, what was it that the NBA saw in Swin's ability to come over to the NBA side and, and be, I mean, hold a significant role that the WNBA didn't see. So I always say, man, we're, lo we're losing some of our, our best women in leadership, coaching. So when Mark Davis said, Becky Hammond, what is it going to take for me to get you to come be our head coach? I know, you know, people said what they said, felt the way they said, some loved it, some didn't love it. I think it's amazing. And I think Becky's going to do great things for the league, great things for the aces. But I don't, I don't think that's a step down. Do I think Becky Hammond wanted to be a head coach in the NBA? I do. I, I mean, I, I think it was pretty obvious because she was interviewing for positions. But I also think Becky just wanted to be a head coach, right? I think she got to a point where as an assistant coach, she had exceeded expectations. And now to be given an opportunity to run her own team be in charge of her, her team players. Um, I think it's a great position for her. And I think there's a lot that she has to bring and offer women in the WNBA. So I'm, I'm excited to see what she's going to do with that team. Well, she gets to coach, um, one of the best Asia Wilson. So she got to bring that. She she got to bring that, the, the, those aces a championship because if she doesn't, she gonna have some mad Gamecock women's basketball fans, mad. So they they're talking about they didn't do enough for free agency, but we'll we'll, we'll save that. Let, let's talk a little bit of fashion before we go, just a little bit. You were the first female to get a signature shoe with the air swoops. Um, mm -hmm. They just re-released them. You know, I had to hit you up. I said. I said, Funk, I need some. Can you send me some? Bada boom. 
They magically appeared on my doorstep, so I thank you for that. But how much input did you have with the shoe? So the first shoe, listen, if Dawn Staley is hitting me up, talking about I need a shoe, (laughs) like, am I going to be like, nah. So (laughs) I'm still waiting on my Gamecocks gear, though. I'm putting that out there, so now now I know it's coming. (laughs) Um, The first one I, I had, I was a part of it from beginning to the end. And it was a discussion about, like, what do you look for in a shoe? What's important to you in a shoe? Um, so it's, it's crazy when I think about not only having my own shoe, but the fact that I was able to be a part of the creation of it from beginning to end. And Don, even, even to this day, it's so hard for me to imagine that there are people out there walking around with my shoe. So I I have actually said, and I meant this literally, that when, when, when they designed the shoe and they took a mold of my foot and I saw all of that design and creation, it was a mold of my foot. So for everybody that has, that walks around in that shoe, excuse me, I say, you're actually walking in my footsteps because that is my foot inside of that shoe. But it's such, it's such an, an, an honor when I think about where I come from and the journey that I've been through for a big brand and a company like a Nike to see something in me that they felt was special, right? Because I, I don't care who you are um, for someone to say, we're going to design a shoe for you, name it after you. That, that's a pretty big deal. And for, for me to be able to, again, when you talk about representation matters, for a very short period of time, I made it about me with that shoe. But then I looked at the bigger picture and said, for every little girl, not just black girl, but for every little girl in this world who has ever been told no, or who's ever been told you're not good enough, or who's ever been told you can't do something for X, Y, and Z, I I broke all of that and said, yes, you can. It doesn't matter what people say to you, what you look like, where you come from, how many times you've been told no. As long as you continue to strive to be the best and just be a good person and work hard, like anything can happen to you and for you. And and Nike gave me that opportunity. And and it's something that I, I will forever be grateful for. Cool. So I, I heard you have a, a fashion collab coming up too. I know you can't speak on it. You do, right? I know you can't speak too much like, on what? it. Oh. But can you can you share a little bit? Can you can you tease it? Um, listen, I'm I'm a fan of women's sports, all different types of sports. Um, just powerful, inspiring women. So for me to be a part of this collab with two other amazing greats that are not basketball players. Okay. I will say it's, it's something I'm super excited about. And I think everybody out there will be very excited to see it. So, well, how soon? I mean, is it, is it time where I can, I know that the NCAA tournament's coming up. Is there anything oh. I can? 
Uh, I mean, you, 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 you got the hookup. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> See, you got the hookup. Let, let me you, see. You, let you me know, see. If you know somebody. How about that? Okay. All right. All right. No, All right. You, I got to know somebody that that might be able to hook you up before everybody else gets hooked up. Well, okay. I'm, uh, that, I'm gonna dig then. I gotta dig because oh, I like I to get to, hooked up before everybody else. Can, can I do I get to talk about your your team for just a minute? No, no, we no, 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 no. You're gonna have to come back but I, on. But I love your team. I know you're gonna have to come back on though, because I, we gotta do this. We we do this, it's the fun part. It's the net life uh -huh. shot clock. You gotta uh -huh. answer as many questions under 20 seconds as possible. Okay. Sure. Okay. So so here's the first one. Favorite moment from the 1996 Olympics. Winning a gold medal. What is your first memory of watching women's sports? Oh, that's sad. Oh. <laughs> uh, oh. I, I watched my mom play softball growing up. Oh, see, that's awesome. May, may her soul rest in peace. You know, mm. I loved her. She was a woman of not too many words, but you could see her strength. Everywhere, Absolutely. every trip she came on. Yep. Mm. So what what NIL deal would you want if you were playing today? Dang. Um Snickers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Snickers. Okay, Snickers, you heard that? And the last yeah. one is Favorite WNBA city to play in? Now or then? Well, let's go then and then now. Then Houston. Okay. <laughs> now Vegas. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, Vegas would, would be a cool spot. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Well, on this podcast, I'm talking leadership, disruptors, change makers, it's hoops, it's politics, it's pop culture. It's the net sum of life. So before I let you go, I ask all my guests for some words of wisdom that they either receive that helps guide them or they want to pass along to others. Cheryl, mm. what are your words of wisdom do you like to share? Would you like to share? I, I would like to say, and, and I think it's pretty simple, but I would say, Never question who you are as an individual and believe that you are good enough being who you are and not trying to be somebody else. Cool. Thank you. Thank you, Cheryl. Appreciate you coming on. Do you have anything that you want to plug or promote? I don't. I, I will that say. That collab. That collab. Dang. Well. <laughs> Golly. Yeah, the collab. How about that? The, the collab. That's all I'll say. But I can't I can't give too much detail on it. I, I see you. I see you struggling, but you, you want to talk about our team. You can promote our team. Can... <laughs> I see you struggling. I will say this. Since you said I could talk about your team. I I love South Carolina Gamecocks. And, and I'm going to say this to you, Don. I've said it to you before. I somebody asked me on an interview once. They said, if you got back into coaching, 
who would you want to coach like? And honestly, they said, would it be a Pat Summit? God rest her soul. Would it be a Gina or Emma? And I said, no, it would be a Dawn Staley. And honestly, they were like, really? And I said, yeah. First of all, Dawn looks like me. And I know Dawn's story. I know how you, you know, just at Temple and what how you built Temple up and everything that you're doing at South Carolina is amazing. But what I really, truly love about you and what you're doing is that you continue to be you. Whether people like you, they don't like you, what you have to say, whether they like it or not, you continue to be you, you speak up, and you're not afraid of what's to come from you speaking up and speaking out. And um, I, I just, I, I'm honored to call myself your friend and I truly appreciate you having me on your podcast. I was in my feelings a little bit because I had to wait in line, but better late than never. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm so happy to be here and thank you for having me. And congrats on that contract that thank you fun i appreciate that appreciate very that. deserving very deserving thank you thank you thank you for being um coming on the podcast you know i was gonna get you to come on you know i was gonna get you to come oh, on I, I mean listen i was gonna call you <laughs> if i wasn't on soon i was gonna be like listen i I'm I'm in my feelings. I'm in my feelings. I got I got I had to have you on because you 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 are you know a a, a young young you were young mm. you know, 25 years ago but you were a household name. You you are someone that everyone still identifies with women's basketball. An icon, a Hall of Famer, a great friend, a truth teller. You are you are you are a lover, you're kind, you are a mother, you don't you don't hold back anything as well. And I just appreciate your journey, your story, and I and I, I wish the best for you. And this collab, I hope it blows. I hope it blows. Is it is it clothing? Is it clothing? It, it, it's something you can put on your body. I'll okay. say this much. It's yes. a t-shirt. Okay, it's a T. Oh, you know, we love T-shirts, so um, I hope we blow it out of the water. Maybe we can get a hoodie and, you know, a little bit of everything else to go with it, but okay, I'm super, I'm really excited about it, even though you said I was struggling. Because <laughs> you can't, you can't, you, you struggling teasing it because you don't want to give anything away. But yeah, I, I, I mean, got, it's three, it's three other women in different, in, well, two other women two in other different women. sports. So it's three of you all Mm-hmm. Hey, can I guess? I can say, um, yeah, you can guess. Are you guessing uh, who the women are or are you guessing the sport? Want me to tell you the sport? Yeah, tell me the sport. Soccer and tennis. You ain't, you ain't gonna get Serena, did you? Mm. <laughs> you ain't gonna get Serena. Come on, Serena. <laughs> How about how about an old old school old school tennis? They still living though, right? Oh yeah, still living, still still black. Active. They're all black. No, we 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 did a little mixture. 
Okay, we so did, it's cool. We did that I, 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 for everybody. I'll, I'll leave. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave it with that. I just can't wait. I'm not going to mess it up. But as long as you're in it, I know it's going to be successful. So oh, here's thank you so much. You. Okay. Here's what I can tell you. I will okay. tell you that it's called a Legends Collection. Oh, That's hey. what it's called. Okay. A Legends Collection. Uh-huh. All right. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. And thank you all so much for listening. Don't forget to follow NetLife with Dawn Staley on Apple Podcasts. Uh, subscribe on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. NetLife is produced by Just Women Sports. For more great sports content, go to JustWomenSports.com. Be sure to subscribe to the newsletter and YouTube channel and follow along on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And this is Dawn Staley signing off and look forward to uh, having some great conversations.